Hello there, and welcome back to Kyle Hyde Club. This will be uh, the second episode of the MMA series. Um, just quick intro, quick details of what this uh, little episode will be about. I'll be first. I'll be recapping the UFC 235 uh, fights that happened this past weekend on March 2nd. I'll start with literally the very first fight of the early prelims all the way to the main card. I'll just try to give my quick little two cents on each fight and what I saw. Um, of course, I'll probably go in some tangents, you know, with this coffee weed brain. So we'll see how that goes. Um, <clears throat> see how long that takes. You know, I try to condense these into an hour, but this, I mean, this might be longer, you know, because also this coming up weekend we have, what is it, fight night 146. And the main event is Derek Lewis versus JDS, uh, Junior Dos Santos. So I'll be talking about uh, each one of those fights as well on that card. Um, so we'll see how long this one is, and we'll do our best. Will, it's just me. And I'll do my best, and yeah, just we're just doing it. We, I'm just doing it. <laughs> Say we as if it's just me and like a bunch of other people, but it's just a bunch of memes. There's like 20 personalities in here, so. Yeah. yeah. No, nah, but seriously, I think everyone's personality is probably just a combination of all the people they've ran in contact with in life uh, and have let them, let them in, so to speak. Um, but that's for another discussion. So, the very first fight of UFC 235 was Pollyanna Viana versus Hannah Cyphers. Uh, Hannah Cyphers won a, a decision. And this is an interesting fight. Uh, initially, when I was first looking at... Now, I don't remember any of my predictions from the first episode of this. But uh, when they first, like, squared off in the cage, uh, you definitely was clear that Pollyanna... Uh, has the reach advantage, uh, might even have the athletic advantage, and I, just off bat, she just looked like a more skilled martial artist, but uh, as the fight went along, you could tell Hannah Cyphers was just uh, a little bit tougher on, on this occasion, and, and she pulled out, uh, she just kind of grinded out the victory, and so congrats to her. Uh, a note about her, I think... Um, <clears throat> She had a backstage interview with Megan O'Levy, who does interviewing for the UFC and some shows and things like that. Uh, she actually does a lot of stuff, but uh, she's really good. But uh, she interviewed Hannah Cyphers, and it was by far the most awkward backstage interview or probably interview period that I've ever watched. Uh, you could you could tell that uh, Cyphers, Hannah Cyphers, doesn't like speaking, you know, in interviews or public speaking or anything like that. She was very quiet and sh uh, shy and soft-spoken. And you could tell that she didn't want to be there. And they just kept asking her questions. Even fucking Joe Rogan. I busted out laughing when this happened. But fucking Joe Rogan. After the interview was ended, you know, they finished up the questioning. Her and uh, Cyphers and Megan O'Levy. And Megan was probably like, and back to you guys. And Joe was like, he said something along the lines of, yeah, it looked like Megan held her hostage there during that interview. And, you know, it's not the funniest thing in the world, but the timing of it, it was just fucking hilarious. And it was right on point 
I would seem like a hostage was was being interviewed. <laughs> like they were forcing her to do that, which they probably were. But hey, hopefully they threw you, threw you some dollars. So yeah, uh, the next fight after that was between Gina Mazzani versus Macy Chasun. Uh, I think, I don't know if I said that right, probably not. But uh, Macy got the knockout slash TKO. First round with 149 left to go, or is that in? I think it was pretty early. It was into the fight, a minute 49 in. Um, yeah, and yeah, she she fucked Gina up. She caught her with a couple punches, and half the punches I think she missed, but the one she caught her with, they were nice straight long punches and knocked her out. Uh, I believe Macy was a 145 women's ultimate fighter champion when they had that season. Um, and who knows what they're doing with the 145 women's uh, division that, of course, was Cyborg's division. Essentially, they created it for her because she can't make 135. But then Amanda Nuez went up in weight and knocked out Cyborg Cyborg in the first round. Um, and there's not really too many other 145 women in the UFC. I know there's some outside the UFC, but, uh, and there's uh, Megan Anderson as well from Australia, who's like six foot, I think she might be six one, um, tied it up, but, uh, yeah, Macy cut down to 135 in this fight, and she looked really good, and I think she'll give a lot of people problems, a lot of girls some problems, um, she'll probably kick my ass, and, yeah, congrats to her, uh, the next fight, and the featured fight on the early prelims, on the UFC fight pass prelims, was between, Edmund, I believe his nickname is Golden Boy. Uh, so Edmund Golden Boy Shabazan, I probably said that wrong. Between uh, and Charles Bird, uh, I believe Charles Bird. I forget what camp he comes from, but he's from a decent camp. I don't know too much about Edmund, but you can tell right off the bat this kid's legit. He's nine and zero in his MMA professional career. Uh, he got a KO in the first round within thirty eight seconds and. Yeah, just took it, Charles Bird. Um, just got to finish real quick, made a name for himself, told told Rogan he wanted to be on the podcast. I said, good luck, young buck. You know, string a couple win, a couple more wins like that, and you definitely will be. Uh, you can't be calling that in a fight pass. Fight, man? Come on. But I get it. I would have done the same. I'd do the same thing. If I just walked by Joe Rogan on the street, I'd ask him, hey, get me on the podcast. He'd look at me and be like, who the fuck are you, you weirdo? So I understand. Uh, the next fight after that to start the the prelims was Cody Stamen versus Alejandro Perez. Uh, this is a really good fight. I wasn't sure who was going to win this. I didn't know too much about Alejandro going into it. Uh, but I fall, saw Cody Stamen fight a couple times. Uh, and it was a good fight. Uh, lots of back and forth action. But I think Cody did just enough to... To get the W, uh, and he pulled it out. Um, on the scorecards, he got the def- decision in the third round. Uh, look forward to both those guys fighting. Stamen might get a... He might not get a top 15 guy, but he'll get a guy probably next that's on the cusp of top 15. Uh, even though I think he had some tough fights before that. But uh, he looks good. He looks good. And they both look good. Uh, happens Perez just had to be on the losing side of his decision. Um, the next fight was, was crazy. It was between Misha, Serkinov, the legend, uh, 
um, and Johnny Walker. And you guys are going to want to remember that name, Johnny Walker. I mean, it's not hard to remember. He's a Brazilian guy. He's a long dude. Uh, it kind of looks like a lighter John Jones with the mohawk. Um, and that's how he looks like in the cage, too, in this light heavyweight. Um, and he knocked out Misha in the first round in 36 seconds with the flying knee. Just a perfectly timed flying knee. It looked like Misha... It didn't look like he was really shooting too much, but he was definitely going for, like, a body clinch at least. Um, and as he, like, dropped his head a little bit to do that, Johnny Walker hit him with the flying knee straight on the face, like, literally. Um, dropped him and put some, I think he put a couple more punches on him and, and finished the show. Uh, it was really impressive. Uh, who did he... Uh, forgot who he fought literally a month ago he fought literally four weeks ago and knocked the guy out in the first round as well so um it'll be nice to see him fight again and i look forward to it unfortunately dude literally hits the flying knee and crazy ass finish and then he does a salute and then as he does the salute he tries to fall straight down into the worm and he did this his last fight so he can do it he's obviously practiced this but this time when he did it, when he went to catch himself as he fall, uh, before he, you know, like transition to the worm, his shoulder popped out of socket because all the weight. I mean, he's a big dude and you shouldn't be trying something so athletic after you just finished the fight. I mean, I know you had a ton of energy left. You only fought for 36 seconds. So, I mean, I, I get it. But uh, <laughs> dude literally dislocated his shoulder. Um, I haven't heard anything about it since. It's just Monday after the fact. Um, long day at work. Haven't really checked uh, social media, the UFC talk at all um, yet. But uh, yeah, you look good. Um, don't get hurt celebrating anybody. And yeah, look forward to him again. Congrats to him. Um, sex Misha lost like that, but uh, sure he'll be back and. No. Um, next fight was a really good fight. It was the featured prelim bout. I mean, what a fucking bout. Fucking Jeremy Stevens versus a beat Mago Mad Shibrov, Shapirov. I say that I say his last name probably different every single time, and I probably say it wrong every single time. But Jeremy Stevens versus a beat. This ended up going three rounds, the full three rounds. Uh, Sabit got the decision. Jerry Stevens looked like he was shocked at the when the decision called that he didn't win. But, I mean, everyone in the building knew Sabit won. He just had higher volume. Uh, the strikes he hit him with looked like they damaged more. Uh, and now Stevens didn't fight bad. He fought really, he fought pretty good. There was a few times he got in, inside on Zabit. Um, and I'm sure he probably would have liked to do that a lot more. But uh, it's a lot, a lot easier said than done. Uh, and, you know, kind of surprised they didn't get a fight of the bite, a fight of the bite, <laughs> uh, fight of the night, uh, you know, award uh, and get 50000 each. But uh, it is what it is. It was a great fight. It was a great way to close down the prelims into the main event on uh, on pay-per-view. Oh, and those prelims were on ESPN. So that was pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. I mean, I don't even have TV. I still just watch it on my computer. But uh, it's, 
You know, I was growing up as a kid and before school ESPN, after school ESPN, whenever I had the TV on, even if it was on the background, you know, just doing homework. It was always ESPN. I always knew what was going on in the sports world. I well, fuck the other world. <laughs> um, so it's pretty cool to see see the fights on the biggest sports platform in the world. Um, it's pretty cool, and I bet those fighters love it. So the opening, uh, the opening fight of the main card was between Cody No Love Garbrandt and Pedro Munoz. Um, and sad to say this, but the same shit happened again to Cody Garbrandt, man. Um, Pedro got the KO uh, in the first round, uh, four minutes and 52 seconds in. So there's eight seconds left on the clock of the very first round and he finished Cody. And essentially, I mean, Cody looked good. He looked, he looked like the better fighter, the more technical, the faster, uh, when his punches are straight uh, and they're quick and snappy, you know, he can he can uh you know he can piece up anybody. He's got really good and fast hands. Uh he's even got some pretty good kicks. Um and I believe it's where it started to go downhill is he caught I can't remember the exact punch or combination or even if it was a kick, but he caught uh, Pedro Munoz clean and and hurt him and after that, he tried to go for the finish. And also at the same time, as he went for the finish, you know, he did what he did against TJ Dillashaw the last two fights. His punches got so long. And you could see it. I could see it before he even started. And I, I'm not by no means any close to being a professional analyst at all. But, like, you could see... He's throwing every shot from, like, behind his back and trying to put it all, you know, end it all right there in every single punch. Um, And when he got hurt, he didn't stop. Uh, He got clipped a lot of times by Pedro's and... By Pedro's. By Pedro Munoz. And he just kept doing it. He just... When he... You know, and I don't blame him. Um, you know, you're in a fight. It really is like life or death. It's like wartime. Um, but when he either smells blood, either that's his opponent blood or his own blood, you know, taste the, your own blood in your mouth from getting getting hit, you know, too hard and, you know, you get a cut or whatever. Um, something, a flip just switches and he goes into war mode and just tries to end it. And... You know, he's a really good fighter. He showcased that when he fought Dominic Cruz um, and even when he fought Dillashaw in the beginning of this fight, um, beginning of all those fights, until he smelt blood, started cocking his punches back. Uh, they were just too fat. And Pedro Munoz, he said this after the fight. He knew this is exactly what was going to happen. He knew Cody was an emotional fighter. He knew that if he got him hurt or vice versa, that you know he his punches would start to get long, they start to get loopy, and that's when he would make his move and just you know he'd punch him hard right back and just not as loopy. And all you gotta do, you know, when you just open yourself up like that, you're not being defensive at all. It's literally a puncher's chance, and it's literally just you're literally just trading a punch back and forth and seeing who can knock the other guy out first. 
and all three times it was the other guy uh, when uh, Cody Garbrandt was fighting. Dude's tough as nails. He's a great fighter. I really hope he bounces back. But he's got to address that, man. Is that street, three straight fights and three straight bad knockouts? Like unconscious knockouts, your head's hitting off the canvas, face down, ass up. Um, yeah, it was tough to watch. Um, but fucking hell of a fight. They won fight of the night, even though they only went around. But those last like 30 seconds or minute were just insane. I was like, oh my god, like, somebody's gonna die. They were thrown with fucking killer intent, but oh, it was awesome. But uh, <clears throat> the next fight was between Tisha Torres and Wei Li Chang. I believe is how you say it. They probably got that wrong too, but Tisha Torres, uh, I believe, was ranked number six at the time. Zhang was number 15, so just, just ranked. Um, and she ended up winning the decision, you know, all three rounds, and she pretty much handled every facet of the fight, pretty much. I mean, she didn't, like, dominate Tisha Torres, but she, you know, had higher output, had the, um, had the more damaging strikes and, you know, just overall better game. And so she won. She'll probably be top ten. Um, whenever the new rankings come out. I look forward to seeing her fight again. She's the only Chinese fighter in the UFC, the UFC's roster. Um, and who knows, quite possibly might be the first, uh, at least women Chinese uh, champion. I don't know. I don't think there's been a male Chinese champion. Um, I don't know. I'll have to look that up. But I don't think so. So she could be the first for both. Um, then the next fight was between Robbie Ruthless Lawler and Ben Funky Askren. Uh, and this was a crazy fight. Um, lots of controversy in this one. Of course, there's controversy in the first fucking Ben Askren fight in the UFC. Of fucking course there is. We'll see what happens next. But, uh, essentially in this fight, Robbie Lawler came out guns blazing as he always does. And... He was fucking up Askren. Um, actually, at first, yeah, they started on the feet, obviously, because he started on the feet to start a fight. Um, there wasn't too many punches landed in the stand-up, and then Askren, I believe, went for, like, a body clinch or single leg and tried to go for a takedown, but Robbie Lawler is so strong, he kind of just reversed it, scooped the dude. He scooped Askren. And essentially suplexed him on his head. Um, and, like, it looked like it fucking hurt. And then he got on top of him and was raining some powerful punches and some beautiful ground and pound. Like, it, it's the worst anyone's ever seen, you know, the most damage Askren's ever taken by far. And it was scary. Like, I can't believe Askren survived that. Um, it looked like he tired out. He ended up, like, getting his guard... Uh, and holding Robbie and stopping him um, from uh, continuing the ground and pound. And he actually, he stood up along the fence and then he went for a bulldog choke. And um, 
actually ended up getting, he didn't get a tap out, but he got a ref stoppage, so he won by submission in the first round of three minutes and 20 seconds in. And in real time, I thought Robbie Lawler was out. I thought uh, Askren choked him, you know, unconscious, because if you look at it, he's got him in the bulldog choke. Um... I guess he was on the left side of Robbie Lawler, so he's got his Robbie Lawler's head and the bulldog choke uh, underneath his right arm, his right shoulder. And you couldn't tell from the camera angle if it was sunk in or not, but Robbie, as Ben was to his left, he had his right arm. Yeah, he had his right arm on top of been like so basically above him on top of him and then you kind of see his arm fall and it looks like it goes limp it just kind of falls there uh and i believe oh excuse me about a burp excuse me how rude but his arm looked like it went limp and i believe her dean went to went up to him and shook his arm and i and I guess they said, he said, uh, and at least Funky said that, yes, hey, Robbie, all right, give me something. Um, you know, he picked up his arm. He said he, I actually haven't heard Herb Dean talk about it, so I don't know. But what I assume he thought was a lifeless limb or at least an unconscious limb. And then he waved it off and he told Askren to stop. But as soon as he waved it off and as soon as Askren let go, Robbie stuck back up and was like, what the fuck? As if, like, he hadn't been out. And I don't really know. Um, let me take a second look at it. It doesn't look... Like, his arm falls and it looks like it's limp. But when it falls, it's still kind of moving. And it kind of moves up, I think, too. So he definitely had to be somewhat conscious. And Robbie said after the fight, you know, he put his arm down because, you know, he was getting... He had him in a headlock, so what was the point of holding his arm up there? He can't really do anything. You know, that's not where you would hand fight anyway. You'd be hand fighting under his chin. So, I don't know. Uh, Robbie said he was nowhere close to being out. Um, of course, Funky said, oh, yeah, I got a nasty squeeze. But after looking at it again, it doesn't look like Robbie Lawler's out. It looked like it was just kind of a, a headlock. Um, and I don't know. Askren got the win. Uh, Dana White says they want to run. He wants to run it back. Robbie Waller says he'd he'd like to, because I'm, I'm sure he would, because he was kind of fucking him up until the, the controversy happened. Um, and then Funky said he doesn't want to. He said he didn't want to fight Lawler in the first place, which I don't blame him. Why would you? Especially your first UFC fight. Um, and that, you know, he'd rather fight some other guys, you know, some other guys he doesn't like. He said he's a huge fan of Lawler's, one of his faves fighters, so I didn't really like that matchup. But we'll see how it goes. Um, Askren said he'll decline it if he's offered the fight, so we'll see. Um, just controversy, of course, in his first fight. Then the co-main event, this is, I'd say, by far the most shocking fight of the night um, was between the champ, Tyron Woodley, uh, and Kamara Usman, who is now the new world champ. Uh, And he got the decision in the fifth round. 
and and won every single round. He had a 10-8 for two judges. One judge did not. I think I think two or three of those rounds could have been 10-8s. I would have given 10-8s in at least two of them. I can't remember the exact rounds because essentially he dominated in the whole fight. Um, because Woodley did nothing. It wasn't even that Usman... I mean, I knew Usman would try to do what he did. He'd try to put him up against the cage, uh, you know, punch him a little coming in. He had a longer reach. He looked like the bigger guy. Uh, and just keep pressuring Woodley. And even though Woodley likes getting pushed at, back against the cage, um, he would just keep that constant pressure and make him uncomfortable, get his timing off, and get his rhythm off. And essentially, that's what happened. Usman dictated the fight from from the moment they said, let's go to the final horn. You know, and... That's all there is to it. I don't even remember Woodley landing any punches. He barely even threw. Um, and Usman kind of took him down with ease, too. Um, he hit him with a lot of body shots. It kind of, I think he wore him down after a while. And he just kind of, he just beat him up, man. That's all there is to it. And congrats to Usman. It was a masterful performance, completely dominating. And... Yeah, we'll see what happens with Woodley. Um, I don't think he'll get a fucking rematch because, first of all, I don't think Dana really likes him. But also, Woodley showed nothing in that fight against Usman. So I don't even want to see a rematch. I'd rather him fight somebody else. And Dana's already said that Usman will fight Colby Covington next. Um, And hopefully beats Colby Covington's ass. And we'll have a preview episode for that fight. Whatever that may be. Congrats to Usman. Um, and then the main event was light heavyweight championship bout between the champ John Bones Jones and Anthony Smith. Uh, essentially, same thing here. John Jones pretty much dominated from beginning to end. Uh, it was pretty much just a, a striking battle. Um, and Anthony didn't do what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to do what Usman was doing and kind of pressuring him, pushing him up against the cage. Even though John had a much bigger reach advantage, you know, still Smith was supposed to use his length and his punching, uh, his boxing uh, skills, and, you know, just try to upset Jones. And he just didn't. Um, you know, John, Jones didn't, like, knock him out like most people thought he would. He he put a good fight on him. Um, um, and Andy Smith is just a Lionheart. Um, and I the guy's durable. It was tough to finish. Um, but he took a beat in that night. And yeah, congrats to Bones. Um, look forward to who he fights next. I'd love to see him and Tiago Santos. I think that'd be a great fight. I think Santos would at least pressure the fuck out of Jones because that's how he usually fights but who knows he was more measured when he fought Jan Black, when he fought Jan a couple weeks ago um, so we'll see we'll see what's next for Bones and I, I look forward to it whatever it is he's he's probably probably the greatest ever to walk into a UFC octagon so yeah it was a decent night of fights um Thought the prelims were really, really good. Uh, main card opened up with a bang with Garbrandt and Munoz. 
uh, woman fight was pretty good, and then the controversy with Askren and Lawler kind of set it down a pace, and then, you know, not that it was boring to watch Usman dominate Woodley, it definitely wasn't, but it was just kind of like a sour night, like, even if you, I mean, I wanted Woodley to win, I thought he was making a great case for himself for the greatest welterweight of all time behind GSP, and maybe potentially better than GSP, but then after this victory, you know, he literally just dropped an A. He did nothing. Uh, it was kind of a bummer. And even though John Jones fight and John Jones masterful and he's probably the best, uh, you know, he didn't have a crazy knockout. So it wasn't a crazy, you know, even though the prelims were pretty dope and the main card opened pretty good, uh, just the way it ended, it was just kind of a somber ending. It was just like... Like, we didn't even see anything exciting for the last 50 minutes of fighting. You know, the la- the co-main and main both went to the five-round decisions. So, I mean, even though there was masterful and dominant performances by the winners, um, it, just, it, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the best nights of fighting. That's all. It wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. So, this coming up weekend... Saturday, March 9th. Where is this at? Intrust Bank Arena. Where's that? Hey, I'm thinking like Nebraska. Is that where they're at? Lincoln, Nebraska. Let me see. Wichita. They're in Wichita. Wichita, Kansas. That's cool. Um... And that's the main event is Derek the Black Beast. My balls are hot. Lewis. And, of course, JDS, Junior Dos Santos, the veteran, back at it. He had a really good showing last time out, I believe. And, and yeah, um, let's go, go go through these fights really quick. Uh, this is Fight Night 146. Let's see. The prelims will be on ESPN+. Plus. The main car will be on ESPN Plus. Cool. So one place for all your fights. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven prelim fights. What? One, two, three, four, five, six main card fights. We got 13 fights on ESPN Plus. Nice. That's pretty cool. Um, now, you might not know a lot of these guys on the prelims, but we'll see. We'll see. And I'm not going to go too in-depth like I did last time. I got about 30 minutes left. So we'll kind of just run through these. Uh, I won't do any research. I won't give you height and weight and things like that. I'll just give you names, maybe record, and if I know them off the top of my head. So we'll probably blow through this pretty quickly. Uh, first fight is between Alex White and Dan Morton or Moret. Um, Alex White's 12-5. Dan is 13-4. Same height, same weight. Dan has a two and a half, one and a half reach advantage. Um, honestly, you've never heard of these guys. Um, I've never seen either of them fight, so good luck to both of them starting out the night. Hope you both win. Uh, the next fight is Alex Morano or Zach Otto. I know I've heard of Zach Otto. I th- don't know if I've seen him fight before. I may have heard of Alex, but I can't tell you off the top of my head. 
Uh, damn, same height, weight, and reach. So, coin flip there. Oh, and I also will not. Well, I might run through betting odds. We'll see how quickly I just go through the lineup. Um, next fight is between is a bantamweight fight between Luis Smoka, fifteen and five, and Matt Schnell, twelve and four. Luis Smoka, I've heard of him. He's a veteran, I believe. He's a veteran, but he's only twenty-seven. Okay. But uh, he's got one each rate, uh, no, one each height advantage, and then Schnell has a one and a half reach advantage. Um, I'm guessing Schnell might be pretty good if they're giving him Louis Smoka. Good luck to you. Yeah, I'm a great, or a great commentator. Just, I don't know who you are, just good luck to you guys. I need to check this out real quick. Um, so the next fight is between Maurice Green and Jeff Hughes. And this is hilarious. But on Google, at least, they have <laughs> Jeff Hughes's picture as like, it looks like a Chinese lady. And I don't know, it's definitely a Chinese lady. I don't know who it is. It's definitely a Chinese fighter. Uh, I looked up Jeff Hughes, and Jeff Hughes is a big white guy. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> Maurice Green, big black guy, is a heavyweight fight, so be a slobber knocker. Uh, we'll see. We'll see who wins. I'll be rooting for Jeff Hughes just because they got him and a they got a Chinese lady fighter for his picture on here. Next fight, this should be a good one. Between Grant Dawson, 12 and 1, and Julian Arosa. Um, he's 22 and 6. And I know I've seen Julian Arosa fight twice now. Um, saw him fight on the Danny White's Tunis Day Night Contender Series. Uh, you, I believe you, yeah, you won that. You look good. Um, he's had at least, at least one fight in the UFC, maybe two. Um, if so, I've seen that as well. He looked good as there. Uh, I don't know if I've seen Grant Dawson, but he's 12-1 and one if they're putting him against Juicy J. Um, he's probably going to be a good competition, um, so I'll be a, a good one to watch for. Uh, the next prelim fight, this is a pretty good girl fight, uh, woman's fight, between Mar Marianne Renau and Yana Kunitskaya. I believe or now used to have the belt at 145. But then she gave it up because she didn't want to fight Cyborg. Unless I'm thinking of somebody else. But I don't know. But we're now essentially a kickboxer, uh, elite level kickboxer, I think world champion, several time world champion. Don't butcher me if I don't know. I'm just getting into the game. Into the game. Uh, Yuna Kaniskaya, um, definitely one of the most attractive UFC fighters on the roster. Um, and she's pretty much got a, I don't know, I haven't seen her ground game, but she's got some good kickboxing skills now. I don't think, of the, I don't think the world class level. And Kuniskaya actually fought Cyborg and for the title a little while back, and she got her ass beat, but she stood her own. 
Um, but yeah, we'll see how she does against Mariana Renau. I probably have I probably have Renau to win this. Just if it stays a kickboxing fight. In uh, the featured fight, uh, let's see. I don't want to run out of time here. Thirty-six. The featured fight on the prelims is Anthony Rocco Martin versus Sergio Moraes. Um, I've heard both these guys. Seen them both fight. I don't remember remember them too much off the top of head. Um, which should be a good one. Rocco's a little younger. By seven years, Sergio's been around for a little bit. He's 36. Uh, same height. Rocco's got a one and, one and a half reach advantage. We'll see how that one plays out. I think he'll end up pulling off the win using his uh, using his reach and keeping distance and hoping that works out. Uh. I'll start off the main card for fight UFC Fight Night 146 is Tim Bosch versus Omari Akhmedov. Um, Tim Bosch, of course, UFC veteran. Uh, I don't know how long Omari Akhmedov's been in the UFC, but he's def- he's had a couple fights. Uh, Bosch is 21 and 12. Akhmedov is 17, 4, and 1. Bosch 38. Akhmedov 31. Same height, same weight. And Bosch will have one inch reach advantage. Um, now I'd love to see Bosch. I don't I cannot can't remember the last time he fought. It's probably been a while, and I'd love to see him win. I guess I'm gonna call it as a comeback fight, but just because I haven't seen him a little bit. Um I think Omari Akhmedov is just the more, not even seasoned fighter, because Bosch has probably been doing it longer, but just more in tune. Uh, his timings uh, of the speed, and I just think he'll be a tougher opponent and, and pull out the victory. Uh, but good luck to both guys. Next fight is a lightweight lightweight fight between Benil Dariush and Drew Dober. Benil Dariush 15-4-1. Drew Dober's 28-0 with one no contest. Uh, we got similar numbers. Dariush is two inches tall. Uh, yeah, two inches taller and two inch reach. So we'll have a have a little size advantage and reach advantage. Maybe be able to keep distance. That's what he'll want. He's Pretty decent striker, keep it on the outside. But I think he still has good enough jujitsu to, you know, finish some submissions. I don't, I don't think I've seen Drew Dilber fight. He just looks like a stocky white guy. Um, so I'll probably be looking in there to brawl, maybe lo- wrestle a little bit. Uh, if he can, if he can put Dar on his back and. Stay out of a triangle or stay out of an armbar. He might be able to, might be able to pull this one out with pressure and top game and maybe a couple punches here or there. We'll see. Not an expert. Uh, next fight is a heavyweight fight between Blagnoy Ivanov and Ben Rothwell. Talk about UFC veteran. Um, I can't remember the last time Ben Rothwell fought either. But Blagnoy is 12, 12, Jesus, 
is 16 and 2 with one net no contest. And Rothwell is 36 and 10. Spence had 46 professional fights. 37 compared to 32. Uh, Rothwell will have a 5 inch height advantage and a 5.5 reach advantage and 15 pounds on Ivanov, which will be huge. Yeah, Rothwell is definitely this is a big guy. Uh, taller, lengthier. Definitely be able to control distance. But I don't know, Black. I don't know. I don't know how to say his first name. Is it Blagoy or Blad? I don't know. I'll just call you Ivanov. Ivanov is is scrappy. I think he'll be able to get on the uh, inside him a little. Uh, give some body damage to Rothwell and beat him up a little bit. But if Rothwell can keep him up on side uh, on the outside and land land a heavy punch. Um, could be lights out, but it could be lights out for either one of them. Um, so we'll see. Rothwell's been around for a while. Who knows how, how his chin will hold up, but uh, definitely look forward to seeing that fight. Again, a heavyweight fight, so we'll probably see some fireworks. We'll see some bombs thrown. Um, it'll be exciting. So the next fight is a welterweight bout between Tim Means and Nico Price. Uh, Tim Means, of course, UFC veteran. He's 28-10-1, also a one-no contest. Nico Price, up-and-comer, 12-2 with one-no contest. Uh, six years age difference. Means will have a two-inch height advantage. Price has a one-inch reach advantage. So the height advantage is kind of nullified by the one-inch reach advantage. Um... Honestly, I love seeing Tim Meads fight. Uh, he's been around for a while. It's been cool to see him. You know, he's a UFC, UFC stable, you know, stable mate, essentially. I'm not trying to say he's a horse, but, uh, you know, he's a guy in, in the UFC roster that you could rely on to come in and put on a good fight that the fans will enjoy. You know, he's got a decent name, a uh, decent amount of popularity behind him, and, you know, you know, fans will be excited to watch him fight. Um it's so got an exciting style, but I think uh, the young gun will be just, you know, the young buck will just have too much energy for him. Um, I think he's probably stronger than Means, even though Means probably got that grown man strength or that dad strength, um, and he's got the experience. But uh, I think Nico Price has the raw power and talent, and... If he continues his upwards trajectory, he should be better than Means will, could ever be. But we'll see. I don't want to put it past Means uh, that he, you know, saying he can't win because he definitely can. Um, didn't that just happen? What fight was that where. Oh, yeah. Didn't. Yeah. I didn't talk about the fucking. Wow. Diego Santos, or wow, Diego Sanchez versus Mickey Gall. I know I missed one. How did I miss that fight? But essentially, this is the same thing I'm talking about. Diego Sanchez, veteran, UFC won, and Mickey Gall's up and coming great wrestling, and Diego Sanchez completely dominated him, knocked him out in the second round, four minutes, 13 seconds, and uh, it just went to prove that you can't teach experience. You just have to get it. You just got to get that octagon experience, and Sanchez even dominated Gall in the wrestling. Um, and just, all you know, big dogged him, essentially. So, I mean, this fight I was just talking about, Tim Means versus Nico Price, reminded me of the fight this past week between Diego Sanchez and uh, Mickey Gall. 
I'm kind of upset on myself I didn't fucking see that one because I really would have loved to talk about that one in depth because that was a really good fight um, and Diego Sanchez actually got a performance bonus so that was pretty cool to see he he looked really really good versus a pretty good young stud and guy that's got pretty good ground skills um, so back to fight night 146 uh, the co-main event is oh god I'm going to butcher this name Elizeu Zaliski Dos Santos is 20 and 5 versus Curtis Millinder. I believe Curtis Millinder was on the contender series. If not, I apologize if you weren't. It might not have been. But he's 17 and 3. Um, both guys are promising guys, welterweight. Um, Millinder's got a 3 inch height advantage, 3 inch reach advantage, so he'll be able to, you know, have that. Uh, on him, and I believe he uses that well in the past, so he'll like to keep the distance, but he's also a strong dude, and probably wouldn't mind being on on top in the ground game, or you know, might have to sprawl and defend a couple takedowns. Honestly, I haven't seen Elizeu Zaliski Dos Santos fight. Um, I don't think I've ever seen his name before, because I feel like I would, I would know this name. Um, so we'll see. Uh, that's a co-main event. Uh, look forward to it. And last but definitely not least, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis versus Junior Dos Santos. Now this is going to be a great fight. We got Derek Lewis, 21-6, and six, won no contest, versus JDS, who's 20-5, and five, so very similar records. Um... JDS is actually only one year older than Derek Lewis, which came to a surprise to me. He's 35, Lewis is 34. Uh, JDS will also have a one-inch height advantage, but Derek Lewis will have a two-inch reach advantage. Um, and he probably has a good 20 pounds on um, Junior Dos Santos as well. Um, I really can't wait for this fight. Uh, Derek Lewis hits like a fucking truck. Just huge, big black dude that will knock anybody out on this planet with one punch. Of course, he got pretty famous uh, when he knocked off Alexander Volkov uh, in the end of the third round. Like, closing, I think it was like the last, like, at least 20 seconds. It might have been 10. In the closing seconds, he knocked him out with, like, one punch. Just overhand right and put him to sleep. And then he took his shorts off. His shorts that he was wearing in the octagon. His fighting shorts. And fucking Joe Rogan asked him why. And he goes, my balls was hot. (laughs) And, of course, if you haven't seen that meme right now, um, either one, good for you, and I'm kind of glad. But second of all, find out who the fucking Black Beast is. He's a beast. This man could fight. He'll be. This will definitely be an entertaining fight. You know, he had a snoozer against Francis Zagano because Francis was kind of afraid to trade. and I, um, I mean, they're both afraid to trade because they're both hit like fucking semi-trucks. But uh, usually he brings the fireworks and gets a finish. Um, and Junior Dos Santos, you know, he doesn't have a boring fight either. Um, God damn it! Who did he fight last? Um, so no. Well, first the Black Beast. 
Derek Lewis, he fought. I know he fought DC. Did he fight anyone after that? Oh, okay. Oh, Junior DeSantos be Blagny Ivanov back in July of last year. And then he just fought, not just fought, but a couple months ago, fought Ty Tuivasa, and he beat him up pretty good. Um, I knew, t yeah, JDS is a better fighter than two Ty Tuivasa, but uh, Ty Tuivasa, but, uh, was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He lost the belt against Stipe. He didn't lose the belt, but he fought for the belt against Stipe and lost. He got knocked down in the first round. Fought Tai Tuivasa the last fight, and now he fights Black Beast. And if he gets a win here, he's right back into title contention. You know, it's like him or, uh, him or Francis. So we'll see how this one goes. And Derek Lewis, was his last fight, D.C.? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so after the Volkov fight, after Derek Lewis got famous after the balls was hot, he fought uh, DC, the current heavyweight champ, just about a month later. And, you know, DC just wrestled the ground and I'm choking about. Uh, he beat him up. It was honestly a pretty easy win for DC. So this will be his first fight since losing the title. Um, I know he wanted time to rest after the Volkov fight, so let's see. When did he fight DC? December? November. So this is March now. So he's got about four months of rest in there. Um, you know, with camp, you know, he, may, he probably didn't rest at all, honestly. He just probably kept working. So who knows? Um be a very interesting fight. I look forward to it. And I'm kind of interested to see what those see what those betting odds are, at least for that fight. Um, so I'm gonna log into my little betting website here real quick. Hopefully it doesn't take too long. And hopefully it'll show. I tried checking this earlier today, but they weren't even showing him yep, yep, it is showing. Cool, cool. Um yeah, so right now they got Derek Lewis at the so weirdest odds I've ever seen at the plus one eighty three underdog. And they got JDS as a minus two thirty five favorite. Uh, never seen a three at the end of a betting on, but okay. Uh, ooh, they got Tim Means favorite minus two ten and Nico Price plus one sixty five. Um, said earlier, I think Means definitely has the, the veteran experience and know-how, but I don't know. I think Dinko Price is the better talent overall, and at least will be, you know, someday. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be against spending some money there. Ben Rothwell's an underdog versus Blagney Ivanov, plus 110 to minus 130. Uh... Drew Dober versus Benil Daryush. So if you know who Drew Dober is and you think he can get it done versus Daryush, that wouldn't be a bad bet. Plus 150 to minus 180, Benil Daryush. Uh, Tim Bosch is an is a underdog. Plus 115 to minus 145, Amari Akamedov. Uh, 
Sergio Morales. Wow, right now they have Marion Renal as an underdog. Same thing with Juicy J. Maurice Green. Huh. Damn, I might play some of the bets right now. Before they change it and smarten up. I'm not going to tell you how much or what I did. Because I look stupid when I'm wrong. Yeah, the bets I placed this past weekend, I got them all wrong. I only placed a couple, but... You know, and I usually only bet the underdogs because there's really no point of avoiding the favorite or betting the favorites. Uh, and I wish I bet on Usman. I was going to bet on him last minute, just like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, you know, if he wins, you know, bet $5. Fuck it if he wins. I get, you know, 10 extra bucks. I get 15 overall. So why not? But I didn't. Um, and I did bet money on Anthony Smith just because of that. I literally bet like 6 bucks and some change on him pretty early on and that was to win me like 40 or 50 bucks so there's just bets like those you can't pass up on even if you know they're not really going to turn out but they make it a little more exciting watching the fight even though I don't really want to there's never really times where I want a certain guy to lose unless he's a dickhead like Colby Cuttington and other people will say Conor McGregor because but because I'm a little Irish I'm, I'm a little biased and I'm like no that's my boy um yeah, I don't ever really root for anybody to lose or get knocked out, you know. I don't want to see anybody get knocked out, even though it's fucking exciting. Um, and instantly it makes you jump out of your seat and yell, fuck. But, you know, at the end of the day, these these fighters are people. Um, you know, they have families, they have lives outside of the cage, outside of the octagon. And... You know, hopefully a life outside of it too, and after they're done fighting as well. Um, so we all we all want that. I'd say we all we want. I want everyone to do good. You know, not just fighters, not just athletes. Everybody, and especially when it comes to brain trauma. You know, don't get hit in the head. <laughs> and actually, I guess to close this up, I got a little a little more than five minutes left. Um, this past weekend, I went to a comedy show, and I actually, and afterwards, I, you know, had some drinks and stuff, um, got a little drunk, but I wasn't wasted, but it, it was snowing outside, and there was, and so I walk outside, going towards my car, fucking slip, eat shit, and hit the fuck out of my head on the sidewalk, on the hard, frozen sidewalk, and it fucking hurt, man. Um, not gonna lie, I've been hit in the head a bunch, but that might be the hardest hit to the head I've ever had. Um, but I don't know if I've had harder, I don't remember, and there's a reason for that because uh, it was a hard fucking hit. But yeah, I didn't think I drank that much that night, but I guess I ended up either I ended up drinking more and I don't remember and I blacked out cuz alcohol, but I rem- don't really remember too much the next day and I think it was partly because of fucking getting hit on the head. Um Yeah, I was a little worried the whole next day my head was throbbing. Um 
And it wasn't just normal hungoverness. You know, I got unhungover by the end of the day. But even the next day, um, so went out Friday, even Sunday, my head was just hurting. And it wasn't from being dehydrated or still hungover. Like, I didn't go that hard. I had a decent amount of drinks, but I didn't go crazy. But, you know, I said if I didn't, you know, my shit didn't feel fine or at least improved after a day or two, then, you know, I'd probably have to go to the hospital and check it out and see if something bad wasn't wasn't bad. But felt felt a lot better after a good night's sleep the first night. Actually, I didn't even sleep that long. I slept like five hours, but felt amazing after the sleep. Um, and honestly, just smoking a lot of weed. Um, there's some preliminary research out there that uh, cannabis, TH, THC, and CBD um, really help with brain trauma and just traumatic brain injury, period. Um, I don't know. There's, I mean, the data is very preliminary that I don't even think they've started clinical trials or anything like that with humans because it's still a federally, you know, banned substance. So you can't really get federal studies on, I mean, you can on banned substances, but it's kind of hard. And it's kind of hard not to find shit that's biased, even those that are biased towards the plant. But at least for my preliminary (laughs) studies on myself, I think it definitely helped a lot. Um, anytime my head was like, especially that first day afterwards, anytime my head was just throbbing, like literally throbbing, like your fucking heart was beating. I could feel it in my head. And it just felt like my head was swelling. My brain was swelling up and like expanding within my skull and squeezing against it. Like it fucking hurt. Um, but if I just fucking, you know, took a couple rips. Um, it it subsided. Um, so either I got numb to it and just didn't feel it and kind of ignored it, or it kind of helped the swelling. And there is actually good research out there that fucking THC and especially CBD help uh, inflammation. Um, so they tell people like those people that like my mom does this. My mom takes like I don't know if she still does it because I fucking told her to stop. But she takes ibuprofen, or at least it used to, ibuprofen every single fucking day. And that shit's terrible for your liver. And it actually makes inflammation worse, even though they tell you it's supposed to make inflammation better. It doesn't. You know, they tell a lot of those people, hey, just like, have a little puff of weed. You know, it'll help, you know, untighten your back. It helps unknot things and just, you know, stretch it out a little bit and get the blood flowing. I'm not a scientist, but I've smoked a lot of weed, and I think it's definitely helped with some little swelling issues here and there. And I think it really, really helped with um, with me falling on my head a couple of days ago. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go too far into it, but I, th- I think it helped, and I think there's definitely something there. And I think that should just be a side note for for anybody that's suffering from legit chronic pain or you know bad headaches or anything like that um and on that note i love all you guys um and yeah we'll be seeing you peace